Hey, MedTech Talk listeners, Tom Salemi here. Thanks for joining us on the MedTech Talk podcast. Uh, it's great to uh, talk about success stories in MedTech, and we've had a, a great one recently at uh, Revision Optics. Uh, the company received FDA approval for its uh, raindrop inlay, which was expected. It's not a huge surprise, but the, the approval came actually a lot sooner than everybody, including the company, had anticipated, uh, which doesn't happen all the time. So it certainly speaks to um, progress and movement at, on the on the FDA front. Uh, which is great for all of MedTech. So we talked with uh, CEO John Kilcoin about uh, revision, about Raindrop, about the FDA, and uh, how the company now will proceed to roll out uh, a commercial uh, commercial release of uh, of Raindrop, which will uh, correct uh, vision of uh, people with presbyopia, like presbyopia, like myself. So. Uh, it's an important story in a growing medtech field, and happy to bring it to you on the MedTech Talk podcast. Well, John Kilcoin, welcome to the podcast. Tom, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me today. Uh, very happy to have you, and uh, you've been a regular at OIS. I know we've got a number of your presentations up on OIS.net, and uh, the last one you gave at ASCRS, you sort of uh, included... Field of Dreams in there, which was a sort of a nice way is that if you build this uh, this sort of product, the patients will come. And you did build it, and you got some some big news uh, um, last month. Can you uh, first just uh, t- tell us a bit about uh, Raindrop and uh, and your news last month from the FDA? FDA. Sure. Uh, just to those who may not be familiar with Raindrop, it's a uh, a corneal inlay that's placed under a uh, femtosecond flap in the non-dominant eye. Uh, it's about 30 microns in thickness and 2 millimeters in diameter. Um, so essentially you lift a LASIK-like flap, uh, place the raindrop down on the um, stromal bed, light-constricted pupil, uh, wait for 30 seconds or so for the uh, the raindrop to take on a, a dimpled or mottled appearance, and then hydrate the hinge of the flap and put the flap back over. And when that flap comes back over the raindrop, uh, it creates a somewhat of a central elevation, uh, and over the first 24 uh, to 36 hours or so, you get a epithelial remodeling across the anterior curvature of the cornea. Uh, and that's that uh, epithelial remodel- remodeling, which creates a prolate effect, uh, is what drives the improvement in near and intermediate vision. So as, as you had mentioned, we, we uh, did have the, um, the good fortune of having an approval on uh, June 29th. It did come, it did come a little more quickly than we had anticipated. We're preparing for a panel. Uh, We're going through all the the appropriate steps, budgeting, um, site selection of uh, panel prep locations, panel members, et cetera. And as we got closer into the date where we knew the agency was running uh, up on their timeline, uh, we we got an increased indication, increasing indication that we, we may, in fact, not end up going to panel. Although the agency uh, did not ever articulate that to us. Um, but as the, the date drew nearer, we had a, a better appreciation of the fact that that may, may not occur, the panel may not occur. And then on the day of uh, approval, uh, we not only got the approval, but we got the approval order. Um, That's outstanding. So, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was quite a rush. Um, it is... Um, 
Uh, the good news is it, it came a little bit faster and quicker than we anticipated. The, the challenge is it came a little faster and quicker than we anticipated. So we are uh, moving as quickly as we can to put all of the final pieces of the puzzle in place uh, with regard to UDI and labeling, et cetera, uh, and, and making sure we conform with the agency's requests. And I, I have to say that um, through the whole process, uh, the, the agency uh, was, was on time either – on schedule or ahead of schedule. We had a great review process uh, with Jeff Brocious, who was our lead, Eva Rora, who was our medical reviewer, did an outstanding job. She was um, she was always there. Um, we had, we'd hit the ball to her, and she'd hit it right back to us. We had a very good uh, dialogue with the agency all throughout the process, and obviously, uh, Dr. Edelman, we appreciate her uh, confidence and faith in, in moving us to an approval and approval order on uh, on June 29th. But um, I, I have to give the FDA their um, their due. They did great interaction with us, and we're we're very appreciative for that. That's always great to hear. And, and I don't want you to speak for the FDA. I know you're not an observer of the FDA, but how often does that happen? Where you're going in, you're you're ready for another hurdle to climb, and then the FDA just says, or or clear, and the FDA says, well, no, you won. The race is over. You don't have to you don't have to jump any more hurdles. I mean, that that's uh, that's really unusual. Isn't it? Well, yeah, no. I, I think I think we actually were the the first um, to uh, encounter this situation. I, I wouldn't say we. I would say we won, but the the, the hurdle I would also share was quite high. It was a three year follow up, and and uh, the FDA uh, held us, even though they gave us the approval. They held us to a very high bar, and so um, I, I think the data that we submitted was robust. Uh, I think both on the effectiveness and the safety was robust, um, and so in. In in, uh, in addition to the dialogue that that ensued over the you know we submitted in September of 15 and we, so we had ongoing dialogue for you know those what nine months or so and I think as that process unfolded uh, the agency became increasingly comfortable uh, with our data the the agency became increasingly comfortable with the fact that we were in command of our data. Uh, and with, that we were a, a willing and working, a willing participant to, uh, you know, the give and take of, of the of the uh, dialogue and the relationship. So I think uh, both parties became comfortable. The bar was quite high, uh, but that's fine. Uh, we, we did jump over that bar. And again, I appreciate the agency's um, confidence and trust in moving us forward. Um, so it is. It is. Um, I think we were unique. Uh, although I, I'm very gratified to see that you know since that time we've had uh, you know AMO got a, a, an approval, uh, Shire got an approval. So um, I do uh, you know going up the hierarchy. I think Dr. Sharon also and Bill Mazel uh, are are trying very hard to be measured and appropriate uh, with the uh, advisory uh, uh, panel or panel meetings, the advisory meetings. So um, yeah, I, I, I think it was a, a you know, a good effort all around. And I think the benefactors are, you know, going to be the patients and uh, surgeons in our space. Yeah, we, we we literally could not keep up with all the good news at uh, OIS. We were trying to put together our weekly newsletter and we kept having to rip it up and rip it up because there was so much coming down the, uh, coming through the pipe. It was an extraordinary month. So as a, as a leader, uh, you, you're, you're kind of positioning yourself or reading everybody for uh, this last stage of FDA review you get that review earlier than you like, which is a wonderful problem to have. What do you do next? Is there a pivot involved or is it more just kind of a, well, we just skipped this step. Now let's, you know, skip ahead a month and a half and, and pick up at that point. What was the, what was the challenge for you and for the company? 
Well, I, mean, I think um, it's not as much of a pivot as it is an accelerator. Um, the the the, uh, the pedal you know goes to the floor, uh, but in an appropriate way. I mean, there's certainly we have to we have some um, post approval uh, details that we have to finalize with the agency, which are critical to us. Um, you know, post market studies, uh, having those reviewed and finalized labeling. Uh, you know, just the final labeling, although it's been approved, we need to you know check that box and, and get the agency comfortable with that, as well as the um, you know UDI, which is. Uh, um, Another another project that we we need to have in place, and again we we were anticipating that we would probably be a panel in in the fall, and, and that uh, the approval would come sometime later in the year, and the approval order probably not to Q1 of uh, 2017. So you know that was our planning process. Now we are in a in a situation where you know we we have an approval, so we're trying to uh, in an appropriate and a measured way bring that timeline in as as uh, quickly as we can without. Obviously, sacrificing on any of our uh, quality metrics or, or um, obviously patient safety issues. So, mm-hmm. do you have a did you have a sales team sort of ready to go, or is this accelerate that as well? I mean, you're six no, months. No, that, that that is in process as we speak as well. So we have uh, we have recently hired Frank Shields, and we're very excited to have Frank on the team. Um, as we speak, he is um, trying to assemble a uh, field sales force with um, outcome specialists as well. So we will, um, we're in the process, and uh, we're moving that um, ball uh, as, you know, as fast as we can. So it, it really it is a pivot. Uh, one of the things clearly that we have talked about internally is that, um, you know, for the past six years, I mean, the study began in 2010, uh, we have been pretty much a very internally focused organization. Um, everything was about the study, everything was about the development, everything was about the processes and development of the processes internally. internally. Um, now the pivot, to use your word, the pivot is going from you know, an internally focused company to an externally focused company. Uh, we need to focus on the customer, which is our surgeon, and obviously ultimately our, our patient. So that is a pivot, and um, it, it is a very different feel and flavor. Um, I would share that, that uh, you, the, um, the energy in the building, um, you know, post-approval is palpable. You can feel it. Um, it it's, um, everybody has more of a bounce in their step and uh, ready to take on the next challenge. Um, it is very exciting. It is very exciting. This is a major market. Uh, as we know, Presbyopia is referred to as the Holy Grail. Uh, we, we, we hope to be able to play our part in um, uh, helping patients uh, reduce or eliminate the need for reading glasses and uh, provide uh, them with, with um, a great outcome. I've, I've shared on this podcast before that I'm, I'm ready for the reading glasses, so I'm cheering you folks on that I would like to find a I'd way to, to... I'd love to say you're unique, but that, that, <laughs> you're, you're one of about two billion. Yeah, um, that's good for you. But, you, you don't yeah. want me to be unique. Yeah. So, uh, Tom's not a very big market, I assure you. Um, so... You, you're, uh, you're, you, you've got this. Did you have to accelerate the hiring of the sales team at all? That's what I'm kind of wondering. Did or, or are you just proceeding along the same schedule? No, I mean, we've, no, we've, we've certainly accelerated. Um, we've accelerated our timelines, and um, yeah, we, as I said earlier, we're trying to we're trying to pull pull in as as much as we can, as fast as we can. But you know, the the, the clear items that we we cannot change and, and must get done before we do anything is those, those follow-up reports to the agency, which we will do. 
uh, and make sure that, that they're comfortable with us taking the next step and moving forward to that first shipment. Hey, everybody. Tom here. Just wanted to remind you to go to the medtechconference.com website. Once there, you can do many wonderful things, uh, including uh, follow up on some past podcasts in case you missed them. But you also can uh, sign up for the MedTech Talk newsletter. So you'll never miss another one again. We'll send the podcast directly to you in your inbox along with some of our original reporting and reporting from our conferences and other sites in MedTech. So join us on the MedTechConference.com website and uh, find out lots of great stuff about MedTech. Now back to this conversation. So, th- and this is where I mean, you've been in, in MedTech for for a long time. You were CEO at Solace. You were with Micros. You've 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 led s- sales efforts before. How different though is this? This is a, a private pay market, um, and it's one that you in in your recent OIS presentation that you laid out pretty well. And, and you can go through the numbers today if you want to, or people can go on OIS.net and check it out themselves as to how large a market this is. But how do you prepare uh, a company, a uh, device company, an ophthalmology company for a, a private pay market like this one? Is it is it markedly different than than other sort of sales uh, uh, ventures where you know what the reimbursement is, you know what docs are getting paid? What is that? What is that procedure like? Um, I, I think fundamentally, uh, at one level, there really isn't any difference because at the end of the day, regardless whether it's a, a for pay or not for pay, uh, the, you know, the bottom line is that the product has to work. Um, and so you have to deliver clinical outcomes. You have to be able to provide value to our surgeons and our patients. So whether it, you know, whether it's a, you know, charge a dollar and it gets reimbursed or, or $5,000 and it doesn't get reimbursed, it, it, that, that part of it is exactly the same. Um, we need to focus on delivering great outcomes. And if we do, will be successful, whether it's for pay, not uh, for uh, reimbursed or not reimbursed. If we deliver great outcomes, we will be successful. Um, so now moving to the next step, I, you know, I mentioned to you that, you know, there's 2 billion uh, people in, in the world, but let's, let's kind of bring that back to a little bit to reality. And, and let's look at the U S is, which will be our target over the next, you know, certainly uh, 12 to 24 months. Our focus will be in large part on the U S and, and, and the rollout up raindrop to the U.S. Um, surgeons. Is that if you look from the top line, there's 328 million people in the United States. Uh, if we then take that number and say, okay, what is in our approved indication? So our approved indication is minus a half to plus one. Uh, so of that 328, how many are in that um, in that population and are in our age group? That's 28 million. If you take that one step further and, and kind of put it through another filter and say, okay, this is an elected procedure to your, to your point about a, being a you know, non-reimbursed procedure. This is an elected non-reimbursed. Uh, if we put a household you know, income qualifier on it, we'll say $75,000. What does it look like then? So again, through that second filter, uh, you go from 28 down to 13 million. So, you know, it's easy to say 2 billion. That's a great slide for everybody, but the reality of it, the reality of our market with our indication and our age group and our, you know, and if you put a household in, income qualifier on it, it's about 13 million people. That's still a really big market. Uh, it is evergreen. It repopulates and replenishes every year. Um, so it, uh, it's a, it is a holy grail. It is a very large market. And, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, um, the challenge is making sure that you um, stay focused to your plan, 
make sure you have uh, the technology and identify it for a specific population that we, we want to make sure that we put this in patients in the, for the right indications uh, within our within our approved indication. And you know those patients that we have seen historically, be it through the IDE trial or you know some of our, uh, we have a small uh, experience outside of the U.S., but clearly they provided that that experience has provided great learnings for us as to which patients are going to do the best. You know, great ocular surface, low MGD, good tear film development, uh, people who typically are compliant to their meds. And there's, there's certainly a, a recipe, if you will, of which patients would likely do better, and we want to make sure we focus on, on those patients and, and impart that information to our surgeons. I mean, what we do want to be is in, in this launch, um, again, um, whether you're in cardiology, neurosurgery, or in ophthalmology, no surgeon likes surprises. So we will be as transparent as we can with our surgeons to make sure that they understand where we believe, based on our experience, be it an IDE or commercial setting, where this product will work and perform the best for them and their patients. And uh, I think, you know, Luis Vargas on the uh, medical affairs side uh, who works for us, uh, Sarah Cannon, who's our uh, director of marketing, and then obviously Frank, that group will be heading up the commercial effort, and they will be, uh, I think, very open and transparent in the way that they present Raindrop into the marketplace. How does the the approval of other uh, lenses sort of affect revision? Is it, is it better to have other presbyopia-targeted devices out there because it sort of builds a critical mass of offerings that you can sort of be part of and you don't have to explain the whole story? Uh, or would it be better to, to have this field to yourself? No, I, I think um, I think your first you know, your first first point is correct. I mean, the uh, the fact that cameras uh, been in the marketplace, I think, is is helpful. I think they help us, we help them. Presbia would will be online at some point in the future. I think the 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 more uh, opportunities that, that surgeons have, more opportunities that patients have, uh, or selection. Uh, will benefit us all. I mean, as I just articulated, there's 13 million people that replenish every single year. Um, the, the market is extremely large and, and can certainly tolerate three players. Uh, in addition to, you know, there are other methods of presbyopic correction as well. And um, it, One of the things I've, I've really come to appreciate over the five years I've been in this marketplace is not all presbyops are created equal, and, and no one presbyopic solution is going to be perfect for all patients. Uh, so I think what we'll see in this marketplace is a, you know, over the next years, is there is a continuing maturation and, and improvement in technology that will allow surgeons and, and their patients to better select the presbyopic correction for that particular patient. Yeah, one of the other things you had referenced my OIS presentation that, um, that really had jumped out at me uh, from some of the work we did with a strategic partner uh, we surveyed about just under a thousand, a thousand patients, um, potential patients, I should say. And um, what I heard continually from the marketplace is that um, presbyopes don't go see the ophthalmologist. They just don't go see them. Well, what I shared with, with the, the group at the last OIS meeting was that um, that is totally counter to what we heard from these almost 1,000 potential patients. Because when they were asked, when they were told about raindrop, when they were told about you know, the advantages and some of the disadvantages of the drawbacks, so there was a balanced discussion as to what the raindrop was, um, wh- who would you seek out for information and treatment for this, this product? 71% of the patients say, saw, said that they would see an ophthalmologist. 
71% said that they would go to the ophthalmologist. So my, my belief is that patients don't go to the ophthalmologist for the presbyopic correction because the ophthalmologist really hasn't, haven't had tools to offer to the presbyopic patient. Well, you know, Bob Dylan, these times are changing. <laughs> we, do have, we do now have products that ophthalmologists, surgical products that will benefit presbyopes that they can market. And it goes back to your other point. So the fact that cameras in that market, that we're in this market, Presby will be in the market in the future, and other technologies uh, I think will benefit everybody to raise the awareness that there are surgical solutions that bring these patients back to the ophthalmologist, which leads to more refractive procedures, which leads to more dry eye management, which leads to you know, more cataract identification at an early, earlier or later stage. So it is a, uh, it really is a, a driving force uh, to, to accelerate, I think, uh, patients who would not have typically seen an ophthalmologist, not just for their presbyopia, but for all other conditions as well. So I think it's a great opportunity. Is this a direct-to-consumer sort of uh, effort then by you, or, or do you work with optometrists? I, mean, I have an appointment with my optometrist in a month to sort of review my, my prescription and my situation. Are, are they going to be referring patients to ophthalmologists to, to talk about these new products that can help them? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think um, this is, for me personally, this is, the, this is the closest I've ever come to direct direct consumer. But we still, our customer still is the surgeon, the ophthalmologist. Uh, we will certainly be educating and, and updating and informing optometrists uh, with regard to direct consumer. Um, you know, the national ad, national campaign, uh, is something we would consider at a potentially a later date. But when you go to that level. Uh, and create that demand in the marketplace, uh, you need to make sure that that demand can be satisfied. And at the early stages, you know, we're going to have tens of, you know, tens and, you know, hundreds of doctors uh, over the course of the next 12 months or so doing the procedure. Uh, if you go to a national campaign, direct consumer, you, you have to have, because if you don't, they're going to be frustrated uh, when they go seek out the technology and they'll go away. So we'll, we'll build that momentum over, over the next years. That's a great point, and you want to make sure it's done right too. You don't want to, the first impression to be ba- to be a bad one. So, uh, what what is next? I mean, you did well. Just to, to talking about the consumers, what was the the you talked about the online uh, uh, survey of just under a thousand people? I think it was eight hundred something people. What other uh, data have you accumulated to sort of uh, help push help your sales team pre- prepare to to make the pitch to the to the surgeons? What other data do you think is is relevant to those surgeons? Well, I mean, clearly, um, you know, you start with what your indication is. Uh, so that's where we start, and that this will be our approved indication. And we do want to. We clearly, uh, the directive to the field sales force is that we are staying on label, um, and uh, that is also our um, you know message to our surgeons as well, because we know in that minus a half to plus one, we know a lot about that patient. And we can really help you get great outcomes. Um, so patient selection, types of patients, as I mentioned before, you know, ocular surface health, some of the things that you want to look for there. Um, um, then you get to the next, you know, level down is the surgeon training. Uh, we will have online training. We'll have didactic. We'll have wet lab. We'll have proctors. So there's a process, a very logical and stepwise process that we're going to take these surgeons through. And, and you know, 
overall, our procedure is quite straightforward. Uh, it is relatively simple. You cut a flap, you lift the flap, you put the raindrop down on the light constricted pupil, you wait for it to dry, you rehydrate the hinge, and you put the flap back. Uh, for a surgeon who has done you know twenty to twenty-five thousand basic procedures and flap lifts over the past X number of years, they look at you and say, "Yeah, I, I, I you know, I don't need the assistance." Uh, and, and the surgical technique, you know, we'll offer some pearls on the surgical technique for sure because it is a little bit different. Uh, but it's also that perioperative environment that we need to make sure that, that these surgeons understand this is a different patient population. This is, you know, from a counseling standpoint, these are the things you want to bring forward. From a patient follow-up standpoint, these are the things you want to, to emphasize. And then we, we will, we're also working on some, you know, value-added uh, technology that we'll be able to layer on top of the, the surgeon-patient experience, which is still, we have not uh, presented yet publicly. Uh, but we're looking to, you know, do things a little bit different. Uh, in, a, in a positive way where we can hopefully enhance the surgeon-patient uh, experience and improve the, the outcomes on a, on a long-term basis. Uh, so we have high satisfaction rates, uh, you know, both at, this, at the surgeon and at, at the patient level. Terrific. And just final question, uh, how are you uh, capitalized? Do you have the money you need to, to, make, to take this next step or you, uh, you have to be raising some, uh, some money soon? No, uh, we certainly do have. We have. Uh, we're well capitalized at this point. Although, uh, as you can imagine, the U.S. launch is uh, is a um, expensive endeavor. So, uh, we will be raising additional capital to uh, support the U.S. launch. Uh, I have a great group of investors that are around the table, and uh, uh, I'm very excited to have them. Uh, uh, be very committed to uh, seeing revision optics through and uh, supporting us along the way. But uh, yes, we'll, we'll we'll raise some additional some monies and uh, uh, look forward to doing that because it, I do think we have a technology and a product that uh, will be rewarded in the marketplace. So, um, and, I, and I do believe the the uh, our, our investors are are in uh, in agreement with that. Terrific! Uh, congratulations again. Like I said, it came as a as a pleasant surprise, I remember looking at I, – I read the news about uh, your approval, and then I looked at our, our coverage from ASCRS, and uh, I'm like, well, we had the timeline a lot, lot farther down the road than that. So uh, I didn't think uh, I'd ever see anything coming that early. So that's, uh, that was great news for you and a great – high grade. Yeah. Yeah, it's a high-grade problem, but we'll take it. Absolutely. All right, John. Well, thanks for the time today, and I look forward to seeing you at a future OAS. Thanks a lot. Take care, Tom. Hey, John Kilcoyne, thanks for sharing Revision's story. Great news from the FDA. Glad it came quicker than anyone had anticipated. And uh, look forward to uh, watching the, uh, the rollout of, uh, of the raindrop. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll be a customer someday soon. Uh, thank you, podcast listeners, MedTech Talk podcast listeners, for joining us. Uh, a few things, if you wouldn't mind taking a few seconds to rate us on iTunes, uh, just uh, give us a few uh, clicks of a button. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, if you've got an extra couple of seconds, feel free to write a review. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts and read your thoughts on iTunes. It helps us a lot if you do that. Finally, if you want to reach me directly, I'm at tom at healthag.com. That's the word health followed by the letters egy.com. Let me know uh, who I should be talking to in Meta, who you want to hear from. And I'll track them down and get them on the podcast. I'm also at Twitter at, uh, at MedTechTom. And I uh, look forward to hearing from you and bringing you another tale of innovation in next week's podcast. Thanks for joining us. 